This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. And I'm going to begin by reading a few stats from a survey that just came out. Uh, 2,000 teenagers, ages well, actually ages 16 to 21, so youth. And what the Daily Mail did this, and what that came out was that 31% of teenage girls said they've taken part in sexual activities without even a kiss. And then uh, I'll go on. Um, the polls showed that boys more commonly watch porn for pleasure, while girls use it as an instruction manual, manual, leading them to believe they should offer anything sexually in return for very little. So that ties into why they're now seeing that teenage girls are going straight to sexual activity without even, like it said, a kiss. And then one in three surveyed teen girls have had or tried uh, other sexual uh, I'm trying to keep this PG-13 <laughs> other sexual positions um, and over half of that have been tried it by the time they're 17 years old about 40% of survey girls have had sex reported having a sex act performed on them when they were passed out asleep or unconscious and then the part that really hit me hard, 71% of surveyed girls say their parents had never talked to them about pornography. Parents, this is the real world your kids are living in right now. This is what is going on when your kids are going to school. This is what is happening to our youth. And we are losing our youth, youth left and right right now. So there must be a sense of urgency. And I bring these surveys out. To help equip you, to help you understand that you cannot just wait till your kid is 18, 19, or 20 to talk about sexual issues because what will happen is eventually uh, they'll come to a ministry like us or somebody else in their 40s, 50s, 60s, even 70s, and their lives are about to be destroyed or their marriages are on the line. And so on that note, I have two guests with me on the phone, both whom I love very dearly. Tim Peterson is a pastor and a counselor. He's been a missionary in Uganda, had a lot of years of counseling and pastoral experience. We're also blessed to have him at Blazing Grace as the one who leads our eight-week men's course. Tim does counseling. He does counseling for individual individual and couples, and he does the two-day intensive. So, Tim, my friend, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. Good to be here. 
And then I have Sandy England with us. She is the facilitator of our wives groups, does individual counseling, and works with a lot of ladies. And I know some of you have heard before. And, and Sandy, welcome. Thanks, Mike. So I'm just going to open it up. So the, for the next two weeks, what I'm going to invite Tim and Sandy to do is share what they've been seeing this year in their groups and just uh, in general. So there's a big spiritual battle with this, and and um, so it's not always easy, but the battles are well worth it. So, Tim, I'm going to let you lead off. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think this year has been really interesting, probably the busiest, one of the busiest years um, in the last 12 months uh, plus since COVID got started. And I think men found themselves uh, more and more wanting something to stabilize their life, even though uh, porn and other sexual activity ended up sending them into a spiral. But that uh, I think that was an escape because of the fear and all of the chaos that has been happening all over our world uh, through the pandemic. And so we saw an upswing of groups uh, in um, throughout this time. And I've also found that men seem to be more desperate to get free, um, whether it's because their marriage is on the line or they're just saying, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. I've got to stop uh, this lie, this um, destructive behavior. And it's been, it's been very significant to walk with these men and find that they're finding hope and they're finding the possibility of being absolutely free from this. It's been a blessing. Um, just to, to see these guys transformed. Um, I think one of the most significant things that I've seen in this time is these guys connecting with someone else. Uh, the stories that I've heard from men that are saying, I have never in all of my life shared deep things with any other person, let alone another man. And this is the first time I've ever told my story to anyone. And this guy accepted me, and actually he has a similar story. And I'm finding that I finally have somebody to talk to, and it's so freeing because I feel like I can move forward with somebody who has my back, who is praying for me. And that's been hugely significant for these guys. So why is it, I mean, these guys, I'm assuming, are in their 40s and 50s, maybe older. Why is it for the first time, why isn't they haven't, haven't had anybody to share with before? They just felt like they were the only ones in the world that were dealing with this problem, and they had to figure it out. And so they, they worked real hard to figure it out, but, but ended up doing exactly the same thing over and over again things that they have done since their teen years or even earlier um, just to try to cope with life. And when they were finally uh, saw that there was somebody who was also dealing with something similar, 
um, they they realized that there was freedom in telling their story, even though it was it absolutely terrified him because they thought they would never be accepted. There's no way that that they would be accepted by another human being, let, let alone another man. Hmm. And when they were accepted, it was a blessing for them. And how does the spiritual battle play into that? Well, I, I liken it to war, um, and actually a couple of guys have done that recently in the groups. They've said, I, I yeah, feel like I'm at war, and I'm in a foxhole by myself, and I'm the only one. And there's nobody of my my side that is anywhere close. And I just have to survive. So I hunker down, keep my head down, don't make a noise, don't don't make a scene, because um, I'll just get shot at. And it is interesting that that's often what the enemy tries to do is to discourage them and say, don't you dare try this. Don't you dare try step into this um, transparency and accountability because um, it will it will destroy you and and yet they find out when they do it it's actually one of the things that God uses to bring the the, the most um, freedom for these guys because they know somebody is there with them and fighting the battle with them. Sandy, you want to comment on what he's bringing up? <laughs> um, um, I agree. I'm, the whole thing and um, how it impacts the wives is when they are hunkering down and retreating, um, it's trying to help the wife understand what's happening to them um, because they think the wife is also hearing the enemy tell them, Oh, they're not trying. They're rejecting you. They're doing this, doing that. So the wife sees the hunkering down because the man's probably going into self-protect mode, keep out of the line of fire. And the wife is being told by the enemy, he's retreating. He's not working on it. He's not making steps to heal. So um, the whole marriage is under attack, in my opinion. So, yeah, I agree. Well, I just, whoever wants to take this can take this. Share with us what kind of things you see people struggling with, the men and the wives, and couples, because you both see both sides. Mm. Uh, that, this is an interesting thing that Sandy and I have talked about uh, fairly recently, is the um, the difficulty that men have um, in guilt and shame. And that they, that's, I would say that's probably the number one thing that keeps them spiraling downward. And so in their own lives to recognize that, oh, that's the enemy's lie, that I have to live in that guilt and shame constantly, rather than the fact that, no, Jesus actually brings forgiveness through the cross and he also takes the shame on himself that we were supposed to take. And that's an opportunity to turn, as you say, Mike, turn and connect 
um, and say, okay, I don't have to live in this guilt and shame. I don't have to take the the punishment. And and yet I also, as, as Sandy and I have been talking, it, it becomes a difficult thing when the wives are are replaying the history of all these things that the husbands have done. And the husband is feeling forgiven by God, but then hearing their wives bring up all of this history, and it just sends them back into that spiral of guilt and shame. And I've been really trying to work with the guys to say, this is your, your identity of guilt and shame isn't coming from your wife. Your identity about guilt and shame is coming from Christ. And so to live in that freedom of uh, that, that Christ has given you on the cross is true freedom. And that's the truth. The, the lie is that you're going to have to live in this guilt and shame the rest of your life. Yes. I, um, I agree with that 100%. Um, the guilt and shame in the wives group and, you know, the things that we walk through, there, many wives are desperately looking um, for connections, you know, just the husbands to open up with what they're going through. And, you know, when they start shutting down, which from guilt and shame or fear or whatever it is, the husbands are shutting down, the women are then buying into lies again that they're not working on it, that kind of stuff. So we, the hardest thing for the wives is to understand their healing isn't based on what the husband does and doesn't do. Um, their healing but is all around, all about their relationship with the Lord. The Lord's the only one that can heal them. Um, and many times we talk about group, it's kind of an insane thing that we do as people, especially who've been wounded by somebody we love, we look at them for our healing. And when you look at that, it's like they're broken. They're the ones that hurt us. Why would we think they can heal us? So the whole guilt and shame, once a wife understands that, where her husband is living, and she keeps seeking the Lord and her relationship and her strength and sees the truth, um, she can then hopefully, with God's words, you know, start talking to them. The husbands have to trust the wives. I know I had a hard time with that, too. I'm like, I didn't do anything to not be trusted. The husbands are learning to trust everybody, even their relationship with the Lord. So when a wife understands that they're growing and learning that we may not see it, hopefully they can talk about these things in their healing process um, with other sisters, you know, taking it to the cross instead of expecting their husband to explain why they did something that they probably can't explain. Yeah. Well, let's take this to the other side. Um, I'm going to start with you, Tim. Uh, so we know uh, the sexual sin has a way of hardening a man's heart to where he can come to a place of manipulating and justifying denial and gaslighting his wife. So what is your approach mm-hmm. with him when you're confronted with that? Yeah, that that's a very very difficult thing because um, 
it, it is caught up in self-protection, but it actually is um, evidence of pride. And that's a very difficult thing to approach um, because the guy is absolutely convinced that the only way I can survive this is to protect myself. And I have to shift the blame on everybody else. Otherwise, I really have to deal with myself. And that's that's probably in that position. That's one of the most difficult things that these guys are, are having to deal with is I have to deal with the reality of what I've done. And, um, and I, I think that's often where the gaslighting comes. Um, if I can, if I can get the blame onto somebody else and they can feel guilty about it, then I'm, I'm off the hook, but actually you're not off the hook. You Mm -hmm. are still very much on the hook with God. And until that, true repentance comes and the repentance that breaks breaks a person to realize what they've actually truly done that's a very difficult place to lead a man to um, because we've we've been taught we have to be so strong and to have it have it all together and to realize actually you don't you don't have it all together in a complete dependence, a complete, uh, complete opening my hands to God and saying, God, this is, this is all of me. This is all of my stuff. And coming to that place of revealing that even out loud, verbally with God, you know, I don't know, get out in the field somewhere or Mike going out in the desert as you do in Arizona. And, and just say, here's all of me, God, and and I need you to come in and to deal with every single place where I try to defend myself, because mm-hmm. I have nothing to defend. It's all, well, as the Bible says, it's all filthy rags. Even the best stuff that I have is filthy rags. Mm-hmm. And so can I really, truly open this all up before God? And then be willing to not have to be defensive, to own whatever I need to own consistently, all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's a place of, of really, it doesn't matter my wife or my accountability partner or anybody else, it's really truly that accountability before God. And I think when it starts in that wilderness moment or desert moment of, of speaking out the truth of who I am and what I've done, it makes it a little bit easier to, to come to a human being and do that. Tim, can you share a story anonymously, of course, but what, what it looked like when a guy finally came to a place of just utter brokenness? (laughs) Well, I can use my, my own life as an example, probably because I, I, felt the experience more most deeply but I, I think it was the place where I realized there was nothing I could do to make up for what I what I had done to God what I had done to my wife and um, when I realized that it was going to have to be God that took all of that when I was really willing to open myself up I was 
it was the most horrible, good place I've ever been. I was on my knees just weeping. Um, and it was mostly because my wife was saying, I'm willing to work this out. Mm. I, I'm, I'm willing to, to try to sort this out together. And it broke me. And I, I realized more of God's grace in that moment than I had ever experienced in my life. And I was so relieved, but I, I, I just couldn't make sense out of it. This makes no sense. I should have to pay for it. And mm -hmm. I was realizing I was, by God's grace, I was off the, off the hook. <laughs> I didn't have to pay for that um, with my life. Jesus did. And my mm -hmm. wife was a part of that. And that was, uh, it was an amazing moment. That was great, Tim. And Sandy, um, how does it impact a wife when her husband is criticizing, manipulating, denying, judging, gaslighting? Well, um, it just keeps opening the wound. Um, it just keeps piling on. Um, they're trying desperately to understand where they are. The gaslighting, the manipulation... They're pretty savvy um, about it. It's been going on for years. They understand when they're being manipulated, when they're being gaslighted. So when a husband continues to do that, um, it just continues wounding the wife. And she gets to a point, um, especially if the gaslighting and lying and manipulation keeps going to where she has to really go to the cross and see who what to do because she shouldn't be treated like that. You know, the husband's broken. I understand that. And he's dealing with a lot of things. Um, but if he can't even love himself, how is he going to love his wife? And you know, that that's really difficult. I mean, um, wives are just devastated because, you know, some churches tell them you can't leave your husband, you're his helpmate. You need to do this. You need to do that. But they're just getting hammered constantly um, with the manipulation and the lying and, you know, trying to take steps to help the husband when the husband is at that point that we're talking about here, um, still manipulating and that kind of stuff, not willing to help the marriage either, or even understand what the wife's going through. I think they are so um, stone-hearted um, that they, even when the wife's heart is breaking all over the ground, they can't see it. They just want it to stop. They just don't want to deal with it. So I think it's very difficult for the wife. And she, that's where her strength comes is she then needs to quit looking at her husband. Um, and she needs to really, really focus on her relationship with the Lord and listen what he wants her to do, how firm to stand, where, you know, whatever the case may be, each situation's different where God wants them to go and what to do. Okay, we got a minute left, so both of you take 30 seconds, anything you want to say. Tim. Uh, I, I have been blessed to be a part of these guys' lives, and I, I, I don't 
understand all of what God's doing in them, sometimes through some very, very difficult circumstances that that compound themselves in their lives in all of this. But I do see the freedom that comes and the joy that comes in in a relationship with husband and wife that has maybe never been there in the in the marriage. And it's a blessing to and an honor to be able to walk with men through this and to see God work in their lives. Okay. I'm I am absolutely blessed. Sandy, mm-hmm. twenty five seconds. Tim stole my words. <laughs> I tell the ladies all the time. Um, I am truly blessed um, that I witness his work in, in their in their lives in their hearts and. You know, a woman who comes in crying and upset, and the next minute, you know, as she's leaning into God, working on her relationship, she becomes strong, and she becomes at peace. It's, yeah, we are so blessed to witness God's work in so many lives. All right, well, thank you for joining us, and join us next week when Tim and Sandy will be back, and have a good week. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.